Phantomaniacs, we have a special treat for you today. As you should all know at this point, myself and my compatriots, my team members, my fellow recruits, Noel Wood. Hey, hey. And Christian Allen. Oot. Are launching a G.I. Joe podcast in July. The name of this podcast is audible interlude a gi joe podcast now uh if if you know your gi joe you know that's a reference to issue 21 the famous silent interlude episode one of the most uh renowned of larry hama's run of gi joe comics we thought it would be a a cool little nod to that and what we're going to do today is kind of a warm-up a zero issue if you will where the three of us have pulled up gi joe.hasbro.com and we're going to jump around this newly relaunched G.I. Joe website and just share our thoughts about what Hasbro has put up here, what they seem to deem as important with G.I. Joe going forward, and what Hasbro considers to be the official history of G.I. Joe. Uh, Noel, was there anything, you know, we, we discovered this a few days ago. I shared the link with you guys, and we, we enthusiastically dove into this because any new G.I. Joe content is good. Was there anything that jumped out at you the first time you pulled it up? I was surprised that the comics page only includes the current release stuff. I figured they'd delve more into the history of G.I. Joe comics, considering that's been considered to be like the main source of mythology for so many G.I. Joe fans, but I understand they're also trying to sell current products, so that would make sense. Well, and they do have, I mean, they they reference uh, Larry Hama's run across the website. There's a reference to it here and a link to buy the comics from IDW, because they've got, IDW has the collections of the original run, um, and it's, it is part of the timeline. It's acknowledged. What I was surprised at, and and we'll talk about a couple of the major uh, omissions here, is the complete lack of any mention of the DDP or Image comic books. Uh, Apparently they've been scrubbed from history. (laughs) Which I'll, I'll go ahead and say right now, I prefer DDP stuff over what IDW Really? Oh, 100%. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> I was I was down with the uh, the image stuff until a certain character was killed off. Uh, spoiler alert, Lady J. And then I just I could not forgive it. <laughs> well, see, I, to, to me, IDW has has done uh, so many more egregious things than that, <laughs> uh, and and really. The, has gone so dark with it in some ways that it's hard for me to reconcile what they've done with with GI Joe. It almost feels like, well, why aren't you just doing some military comic? Well, I, I, I'm sure we'll we'll get into it when we get to characters, but that's why the the first thing that blew my mind when I was looking at the character page is right in the top line is Chuckles, and and that miniseries from um, IDW. Yeah, that that's some to me a very bleak storyline with not a great ending. So I was like, wow, they're including this, and it's in. a great, it's it a star making story. Yes, yeah, it's a it's a fantastic story. 
but it is kind of to me i think that was actually where idw started to go really dark with it and and as much as i did enjoy that story kind of lost me a little bit but we'll we'll get deeper into that sort of stuff in future episodes of audible interlude uh for now uh christian was there anything that sort of jumped out at you uh when you pulled this up for the first time yeah so when i was looking at what they have selected for characters there's a lot of the what i consider like tried and true legacy joes and cobras that are not on this website but there are a lot of the the newer characters um and and most of them uh to your point Noel, they're not going with with the old marvel comics iteration of them their their looks their descriptions it's all the brand new stuff that's been coming out and and that kind of surprised me for the most part there's things like the tomax and zamot uh, profile is the exact picture pretty much from the original <laughs> box art which was kind of surprising well it's interesting because uh you have a lot you have a mix here when you go between the the gi joe and cobra profiles when it's a character that's already been announced for classified uh plus storm shadow who who we've seen his character design but we have not seen a figure uh design yet uh it is the current classified art but then everything else is this weird mix of like barbecue is his original box art uh chuckles is you know i'm i'm honestly not even sure where they're pulling he's owen wilson yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Cover Girl is is one of the many J. Scott Campbell imitators, yeah. if if not actually J. Scott Campbell. Uh, but then you've got other stuff like Dusty, who looks almost like the 2002 design. Uh, and then this Flint that's absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, it's this really weird mix. And I think what's likely is whoever's planning, whoever's running the show over there, and, and I can't remember his name. They announced the, the person who's actually running the line uh, a few months ago, and we shared it on the podcast, but my memory is shot. Uh, so whoever's running the line probably said, here's the list of characters that we're going to be using. Uh, here you go, website guy put it together and actually i'm looking right now and cover girl has a logo from the movies um on i guess that's a motorcycle she's on right there but that's that's the gi joe movie logo oh yeah i totally missed that uh so it i i think probably what happened is there just a lot of resources that the person who because whoever built this website like this isn't the guy running the line this is a person who builds websites so it's probably a lot Damn of... Damn you, just... Brad Ranger. <laughs> right, it's, <laughs> it's somebody just like him who has no idea what's going on and just does the best he can with the resources he's given. Uh, but it, it is interesting to note that the classified looks are... They seem to fit into what's going on a little better. Like, size-wise, it's almost like they were designed for these panels. Whereas a lot of them, you've got a full body shot, you've got an action pose, you've got lots of different weird stuff going on uh, across these different character profiles. 
Now, as far as the selection of characters, let's pull up the G.I. Joe page and talk a little bit about who the guy running the line, and I really feel like I should look this up, but let's talk a little bit about the team that has been selected to initially represent this new modern era of G.I. Joe. I found it very interesting, uh, some of the choices they made, not only of characters, but of which version of the characters they seem to have gone with. And again, that may just be the web guy pulling art. Um, Alphabetical order, which I appreciate because it gives us nothing about the importance of the characters. Uh, But... Let's let's take a look at this. Noel, looking at the Joes, which one would you say surprises you the most out of who they've pulled here? Sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah, character that yeah. never really got a lot of characterization in any media. You know, he's there ahead of a lot of other ones that probably are a lot more prolific. I think he and had even his art looks like it's from. The Marvel oh, comics. I mean, yeah, it's, I think he sticks out like a sore battle. thumb from everybody else. I think he got featured in the Deke cartoon, maybe a little bit more. Not in that costume. No, well, no, no, no. He had a different costume going on, but I, I excuse me, uniform. Yes, going on. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, but I, I agree. I, sci-fi was the one that surprised me the most. What about you, Christian? Uh, honestly, uh. It was Chuckles. When when thinking of outside of the comics, just the the toy line, was he that popular of a character? Like growing up, I didn't know many folks that were were into him. And I'll then, that, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say I'll say that just being seeing a lot of people talking about GI Joe now, Chuckles has become a huge fan favorite. Probably because of that comic run, right? Um, but they're probably looking at that. They're probably looking to see which characters are, are people talking about the most on social media and forums and that sort of thing. And Chuckles, I'd say, is top two or three characters uh, of the last few years as far as getting love from GI Joe fans. So that makes sense to me that he's there because of that. Well, and also, you know, we whatever the story is going to be now, which which for the listeners, here it is. G.I. Joe is a highly skilled, on-demand, international special missions force of men and women from around the globe, selected for their elite abilities in their chosen disciplines. Officially, G.I. Joe doesn't exist, and very few know the truth. These heroes fight a secret war as the first and last line of defense against forces that seek to plunge our world into chaos. So, with that description, they're moving G.I. Joe into a modern era. And I think that having an undercover guy is maybe even more relevant now than it was back in the 80s. Like, back then it was just kind of cool. From a team-building aspect, it makes sense to me. Um, And and knowing that he is a, a recent, like, fan favorite that's what just sort of stuck out to me is you know you had chuckles you had helix you had these very uh even though chuckles has been around longer than her uh newish popular characters compared to some of the older ones so so that basically is saying to me like yeah 
we know what happened, but we want to push things forward. And I will say, sense. I will say it's very uh, it's very noticeable that the four female characters from the original GI Joe run are all featured here. So all four of them, plus you've got Helix. Uh, I'm actually surprised Bomb Strike is not on this list um, since they're definitely trying to get more inclusion um, with more uh, female characters. Well, and for the listeners who who may not, you know, if you're sitting in the car and you can't pull this website up, here is the roster of Joes that are the leading the charge in this new modern era. Barbecue, Chuckles, Covergirl, Doc, Duke, Dusty, Flint, Gung-Ho, Hawk, Helix, Jinx, Lady J, Ripcord, Roadblock, Rock and Roll, Scarlet, Sci-Fi, Snake Eyes, Stalker, and Wild Bill. Uh, and then, of course, there is a note, more classified files coming soon. So, you know, this they, they have plans for the future. They will expand this team, but this is who is going to be kicking things off in, in whatever form it takes beyond just these action figures. Uh, I, I'll tell you guys, I was a little surprised they didn't go with the female iteration of Doc. Yeah, but you never know. They may be eventually going with that because they are using his original card art for that one, too. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, But this is this is a cool, exciting roster. You've got your leadership in Hawk. I love that they didn't introduce some like random new figure or make like or a character rather, or make like Joe Colton the leader now, <laughs> you know, cause look when, when you've had Bruce Willis portray a character in a movie, it's, it's a pretty bold move to not include that character going forward. It would have been very easy to throw Joe Colton in here and they didn't do it. He'll uh, probably come later. Yeah, and that would be fine. I have no problem with that at all, but I like that we have... What we have here is basically an established roster with the inclusion of Helix, who even I, as a like cynical old G.I. Joe fan, really dug the Agent Helix stuff that I read uh, in the IDW comics. I haven't read any in a few years, so I don't know where they're at now, but I liked her. I liked... Uh, that, that she almost had this sort of like on-the-spectrum... Uh, Thing going on with her the the way that she thought and the way that she planned uh it's very interesting new character to me that was something different for the joe team which is hard to accomplish you know after so many years of creating characters yeah i think jinx looks a little wacky yeah there's a lot going on with that with that uh, artwork there <laughs> this this is like but she is, was another one that i remember when the animated movie came out, it just seemed like there was so much Jinx hate and, and backlash, but the comics have done a lot to redeem her, I guess, in fans' eyes. Yeah, I always liked her a lot. Um, I, I, I thought she was very cool in the movie. I, I've never had any issues with her at all, but this the, whatever this design is, is a little busy, but I feel like maybe we'll see something. I, to say that it seems a little busy for the classified series is quite a statement. <laughs> and uh, I'll say, which... I, I think Jinx was one of the best parts of the live-action movies, too, even though I'm not a huge fan of all the ninja stuff all the time, but uh, they they did a great job with her and the scene, yeah. the, the action scenes she was in. 
Yeah, that um, out of the the second movie, that stuff was phenomenal. Yeah, and and I, if you're gonna do the ninja stuff, and you get it right, cool. And I feel like they got it right. Like out of everything in that second movie, that's what that's one of the things that they really got. Not the RZA. No, not the, okay. <laughs> Worst will we'll get we'll save that for a future episode. Uh, so, any more thoughts about the Joe roster before we move on to Cobra? Glad to see Stalker. Yeah, definitely glad to see Stalker. Yeah, Stalker. Rip, Lady Ripcord's J. one of those. Ripcord's one of those that they brought back for the movie, and they used him in um, uh, Renegades, and they just they love that character, and I. I'm not sure why. It's because of his cool backpack. I guess so. When I, I was guess a he kid, did have a good run in the comic with uh, Bongo the Balloon Bear. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, for anybody listening to this, uh, a regular part of the Needless Things podcast, we've been taking looks back at the G.I. Joe Real American Hero toy line. You can go back and check those episodes out. And uh, the Needless Things YouTube channel, there are reviews up now for the current line of G.I. Joe Classified Series action figures. Uh, those those have been going up all week long. Depending on when this episode posts, they might all be up. Here's a question for you guys. Go for it. Which which character you, do you think is kind of the most suspicious by their absence in the G.I. Joe side? Ooh. Because there's one that flashes immediately to my mind. Well, it can't be Flash, because that's too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shipwreck. Yeah, that's a good that's one. What I was thinking that's shipwreck. Yeah, shipwreck. Shipwreck's missing, and also beachhead is another one that I'm surprised isn't there. Oh yeah, very surprised. But I, I got to say that now that I've scrolled through and you said that to me, shipwreck is the most glaring omission. Yeah, because as we talked about on on the other episodes, um, you know, he became really the main character of the show for a good run. So it is surprising that he's not here. And actually, do they have any naval representation? Because there's no torpedo, no wetsuit, no cutter. No. Hey, oh, cutter was Coast Guard. Well, but but still, aqua- <laughs> aquatic representation. Uh, the closest thing we have is one marine. The sea of land, sea, and air. Yeah, That's I gotta right. say. So right now we're just land and air. Yeah, as big a fan as I am of, of aquatic-themed stuff, I, I just realized they're letting me down here. But I'm sure we'll have more to come in the future. Maybe they're waiting for next summer to, to launch theme, those uh, those aquatic guys. The theme song yeah, we'll does have say water theme. Yeah, the the theme song does say "Fighting for Freedom over Land and Air." It does not mention water. No, it says "Land and Sea and Air," doesn't it? Well, they do in the second. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Fighting for freedom over land and air. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You yeah. Add sea in until later on. Oh, maybe that's they're they're just echoing the past. All right. Well, let's move on to the Cobra character selections. Uh, let's see here. A little description. Cobra is a multifaceted and masterfully coordinated global criminal network. Few know the truth. That's a running theme here, <laughs> that few know the truth. I guess that's why it's classified. Cobra's ultimate mission is to bring chaos and their nefarious ideology into the world. I've noticed that all references to Cobra being a terrorist organization have been removed. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. They're they're a criminal organization, which is fine. That's that's nothing wrong with that. Uh and to run down the roster that we've been given here, the Alley Viper, the Bat, the Baroness, Buzzer, Cobra Commander, Cobra Trooper, Cobra Viper, Destro, Firefly, Major Blood, Red Ninja Viper, Ripper, Road Pig, Sand Scorpion, Scrap Iron, Storm Shadow, Tomax and Zamot, Torch, Zarana, and Zartan. Now let me just say right off the bat, poor Xandar. Second wave. Are you surprised? <laughs> Not surprised a bit. Uh, but here, here again, we have a very interesting selection uh, that you can probably draw some conclusions from. What I don't like is that the Dreadnoughts are included directly under Cobra's profiles. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and so is Destro, and so is Major Blood. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, so I, ha- half of the guys here are not actually members of Cobra. They should have just called this The Enemy. True. Although, here's here's an interesting note that just occurred to me. Cobra's a multifaceted and masterfully coordinated global criminal network. So maybe Cobra is less an actual military organization as, as we tend to know it and is a series of interconnected criminal organizations. So Destro and the Dreadnoughts and Major Blood all work under the Cobra connective banner like it's it's not so much that they work for cobra commander as they're an arm of cobra in a way if that makes sense like a mob family yeah being a mob because that's doing a rewatch of the original cartoon it's one of the things that has popped into my mind as far as what direction they could take this and Personally, I would find it more interesting to see a, a bit more um, subtlety with Cobra, where, where you know, not every battle with them is planes and jets and all this, but there should be a bit more political intrigue. Like, like in today's world, Cobra would infiltrate businesses more through, like, Tomax and Zaymot and... Right, and, right. Yeah, you know, the, follow the money, and and there would be a bit more of that sort of complexity to it, rather than just, uh oh, I'm trying to take over the world, so let me attack this one country. I still love the way that Renegades laid it out, where they were this giant uh, global corporation. Yeah, yeah. I need to I need to go revisit Renegades now that I've so good. Uh, now that I've put my personal preferences aside and and give it another chance because I recognized good storytelling and what was going on I just I could not deal with it having the GI Joe skin slapped on it but <laughs> years have passed and I'm older and wiser <laughs> so out of our selection of of cobra representatives who surprised you the most Christian uh scrap iron Interesting. Okay, I, I followed very closely by Sand Scorpion. I really don't get it, but when I look at him, I go for a toy line that makes sense. But uh, 
Scrap Iron is a figure I would have placed like way further down the line. I I'm gonna go with Sand Scorpion just because I, I think your classic G.I. Joe fans are gonna be like, What the heck is a Sand Scorpion? <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I I'm I'm not very familiar with Sand Scorpion at all. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know about that one. Uh I think one of the least surprising ones is the Red Ninja Viper because obviously ninjas are always going to be part of GI Joe now and you've got to have that sort of ninja trooper type guy at this point. Yeah. I will say I'm not surprised in his inclusion. Um I still don't like Storm Shadow defaulting back to Cobra every time they reboot these stories. Because, of course, I grew up with, you know, the Larry Hama comic, and he's really only the villain for a very limited part of that story. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it because, I mean, the the Snake Eyes Storm Shadow uh, rivalry is a classic part of G.I. Joe. And since this, it seems to me that even though they're using a lot of older art and stuff, I think Classified is going to be a full, fresh start reboot. Uh, I don't think they're going to be using past elements. And I, and I will say this for you guys and for the listeners, there are no file cards or biographical information whatsoever on the new figures. Oh, wow. Which was probably the most disappointing thing about them to me. But I think it's because they're saving something for a big media launch. I feel like... But... Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Well, so... Agree with you, Noel. Not... What is the... the the specialness, or, or what is the draw of Storm Shadow being the ninja for Cobra if they're just going to include more ninjas in Cobra. To me, it sort of takes away something from him where, like, he just becomes interchangeable with every other ninja character, whereas when it was just Storm Shadow, and then we start getting that bit of Snake Eyes history. Well, look at it... To me, it... it, Look at it this way, though. If Cobra is, if Cobra Commander is that shadowy mastermind behind several different criminal organizations, think of of Storm Shadow more like Shredder, and he's the head of this Red Ninja clan that is part of Cobra's criminal operations. Like again. He's not working directly for Cobra Commander, per se. He's his own criminal organization that works with Cobra Commander towards this world domination scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Although it does go against him being really the most loyal person in the world to Cobra Commander, which was his original origin, because he was his personal bodyguard. Yeah, I I think it's okay to drop that, because there's so many other characters that maybe would require that to get them over, whereas cool ninja guy, with a fresh batch of new tattoos, by the way. Yeah, that's a lot of tattoos going on there. Uh, well, you know... Weird face mask? Digital printing makes things a whole lot easier now. 
Um, he can now camouflage in henna conventions. <laughs> I just I don't think that uh, Storm Shadow needs that that part of his character history so much, or, yeah, or maybe yeah. they could explore it in a different way. Um, I, I'm very interested to see how this plays out. I love that, that now out of what we've seen here, what is your favorite reveal? Uh, Christian, we'll start with you this time. On the... Out of the Cobras. Co- out of the Cobras? Uh, my favorite, actually, in uh, Alley Viper... That's just all. That's just always a look that I really, really liked, um, and sort of gives you that street level um, thug, more or less. Uh, most of the other characters, with you know, they they hit all the main points here. If you were thinking of putting together a Cobra team, there's not many that I'm thinking are missing. Yeah, I like the Alley Viper because it it does bring that sort of modern element of urban combat into it. It yeah. makes sense. But I like that we've we have the Alley Viper, but we also still have the Cobra Trooper and the Cobra Viper. Like they didn't just say, "Well, now all they get are these blue and orange guys." We still have our traditional troopers as well. And I, I to me that shows a, a cool understanding of the the cobra troop hierarchy i guess right like hopefully they each have their purpose and that's what they're used for you're not going to find a cobra trooper in downtown detroit in the middle of the you know the street fighting somebody they're going to be saved for more bigger battles right right i was thrilled to see the bat um I you know I love that figure. I'm very interested to see Hasbro's modern interpretation of that idea. Uh, I th- I think that could be one of the coolest, most visually impressive figures. And I also think it's one that lends itself to updating, but will be very easy to stay true to the spirit of the original design. I'm I'm pretty stoked about that one. I hope so. I hope they do keep it close to the original. Because they've done a lot of bats, and a lot of them got pretty wacky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking at you, Sigma-6. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I think all of Sigma-6 was wacky. <laughs> uh, Noel, what, who uh, who jumps out at you on this one? Who Who's a sort of sentimental favorite that you're glad to see here? Oh, Scrap Iron, 100%. Yeah, He's yeah. Always, always been one of my favorites, and uh, I, I like... You know the artwork they've chosen here. I don't know if that's going to lend itself towards anything that's going to be in any future toy releases, but uh, it still holds very true to the original design, and so I hope that's what they uh, wind up going with. Um, yeah, but I will say, notable by his absence, I would say more than anybody else is Doctor Mindbender. I'm going to go with Raptor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. Okay, well, what are we missing here? Uh, what we're missing is, I think, the vehicle drivers that formed such a core of Cobra troops when I was a kid. But it makes sense because these are going to be six-inch scale action figures. And 
I don't see a whole lot of room for vehicles beyond maybe like a trouble bubble or even a devil fish. Uh, but, but I think this is going to be as much as the card art, which by the way is absolutely gorgeous, uh, and does reveal some more of these characters. You've got gung ho is on there, storm shadow, Baroness, uh, which by the way, we got to mention Baroness who has updated modern art. Uh, so it's only a matter of time, I think, before we see her full figure reveal. Well, with all that gold, as the classified series has shown us, they do like to put gold details on things. So um, <laughs> I would think this is probably close to what her final design is going to look like. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is very you, you can look at these pages and tell uh, her and Storm Shadow both are clearly updated art for the classified line. So it, it's just a matter of time before we see their their figures. Uh, so. Let's move on, and I guess we'll wrap this up over in the story section that I really liked to see because, again, it showed me that this brand manager uh, knows their history. They recognized that it was important to look back at where G.I. Joe came from, and if you click on the story section of G.I. Joe.Hasbro.com, then it brings you to this really cool timeline that starts in the 1960s with the birth of the action figure. And at the head of this page, G.I. Joe is a dynamic brand that is constantly evolving to mirror the times. From action figures and playsets to comics and a well-remembered and popular animated TV series, the brand has a cemented place in pop culture. It has always revolved around action, excitement, adventure, diverse and unforgettable characters, and a resolute promise that echoes through the years. Wherever there's trouble, G.I. Joe is there. And first of all, I want to point out how much I love that that's the tagline that they've stuck with. And, I, and I've got to say, I don't, do either of you, like, would you have grabbed onto that and thought that that would be the G.I. Joe tagline for this? Well, it stood out to me because wherever there's trouble, G.I. Joe is there. Sounds like they're troublemakers. <laughs> Without that first part about they'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. <laughs> but I do... To me... Oh, go ahead, Christian. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, I just... I think it's really cool that they've managed to pick that one piece of the real American hero sort of mythology and pull it out to where you know they they want to they don't want to have the real american hero affiliation because this is a global brand that they want to appeal to people across the world and i understand that i love a real american hero i grew up with it it means a lot to me but it's 2020 and to be realistic to be practical we have to make gi joe into the global strike force concept that honestly it always was so they've managed to pull out something that tugs at my nostalgic heartstrings but at the same time is representative of something bigger than just real america hero uh, american hero or america's fighting man or, or whatever and i think that's very cool well for me i see it as the potential, and I know they won't go this route, but the potential to not limit yourself to just military-style 
adventures. Yes. You could you can harken back to the adventure team era of G.I. Joe. Um, you could bring in, you know, when they started to get some of the wackier space components to the to the old line. They're just saying wherever there's trouble, whatever that trouble is will be there. Whether it's Sasquatch or aliens or a giant squid, whatever the case may be, G.I. Joe is going to be there to handle it. Yep. Uh, I would love it if they could open it up to that sort of broad spectrum, but I think nowadays people associate G.I. Joe and you immediately think military. And I I think... I think that that's going to be one of the things that this brand does going forward is change people's perception of of what G.I. Joe is. I was uh, noting that uh, you mentioned doing more of the international thing, not just limiting this to be an Amer- a real American hero. Um, they they focus quite a few times on the storyline on Action Man. Yes. Which is not... Uh, it's, really is not uh, at all affiliated with G.I. Joe. They don't even have any of those trademarks anymore. So it's interesting they're doing that just to kind of show how well this was received in the U.K., the Action Man and later Action Force were. Yeah, I think they're they're embracing lots of different aspects of G.I. Joe, and they're doing it in a very smart way, but they're not trying to hide the military roots because we go back, you know, as we roll down this timeline, we're not going to hit on every point, but we see in 1964, Hasbro debuts G.I. Joe, America's movable fighting man. Uh, and, and it's through the 60s, they make it very clear this is a military line. And then we get into the 70s, and things had to change. They shift focus to special missions. They talk about the mummy's tomb and the the danger of the depths and the flying space adventure. They're very honest about the changes that G.I. Joe has gone through throughout the years. And I, I really love that this is, you know, it's not comprehensive because that's not the point of this website. The point is to show how versatile G.I. Joe has been as a brand, despite having that G.I. in the title. Uh, And then, of course, you know, once we get to the 80s, that's where the three of us came in uh, with A Real American Hero. And and we get a little more detail there, and that's fair, because obviously the, the guy, the brand manager, is coming from the same place as we are. I'd hazard a guess that he's right around our age, uh, he came up with Real American Hero because we can tell where the focus is. Uh, but just scrolling down this timeline, w- was there anything that caught you guys' eyes in particular? Sort of. Uh, they really should have picked a better screenshot for Baroness. <laughs> The, the, the blue and gold? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, that's, that's the way she looked originally. Yeah, that was the I first know. one. That I was the masterpiece. 84, that like, she got her own figure. Um, we we have some road, rose-colored glasses when we think back on the animation of some of our favorite cartoons. <laughs> yeah, in in watching, I, I say re-watching, but I've, I've honestly, for the last year, been watching... The, the cartoon pretty consistently uh, just sort of over and over again especially now that uh, Hasbro on their YouTube channel has its streaming I'll just throw it on in the background a lot of times but it's funny to go back and look at some of the weird color inconsistencies and 
sometimes when you pause it, somebody's eyes are like on their forehead or some weird, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, overall, it's still one of the better animated shows of the '80s and on into the '90s because if you compare. Uh, once you get past, and we'll talk about this on a future episode of Audible Interlude, uh, once you get past Operation Dragonfire and the, the Deke series, things go downhill badly. <laughs> yeah. uh, I like the mention of the Atari 2600 game, which was <laughs> terrible. Yeah, there's not been a lot of... Like, a lot. Of, there weren't a lot of classic G.I. Joe video games that were very good. No, no, I wanted to like the Nintendo game, and, and it's not, it's bad. It's just straight up bad. Uh, we get into the 90s, where they do mention the Hall of Fame figures, they do mention uh, G.I. Joe Extreme, but it looks to me like they've completely left off Sergeant Savage. He was forgotten for a reason. <laughs> and I can't remember what year that was. I mean, it was after G.I. Joe Extreme, because I remember when it came out, and, and again, the, this will be audible interlude material, but uh, I, you know, I was happy that it was the original articulation, but it's just bizarre to me that they mentioned Extreme and not Sergeant Savage. Yeah. And I wonder if maybe there's a trademark thing going on there. Uh, and then we move into the 2000s, where they actually do mention the DDP books. Devil's Due Publishing acquires the comic book license for G.I. Joe and launches a new series uh, that runs for 43 issues. Uh, they mention Valor vs. Venom, which is when I got really back into collecting hardcore. Uh, and, and it just goes up through the modern day. Basically, everything that we've seen in the 2000s up to 2020... And and again, I like having this recap of GI Joe, and uh, you know where it came from and where it is now. And it reminds me of how much stuff that I just ignored at the time. Um, you know, the spy troop stuff, the the Sigma Six stuff. I mean, I was aware of it. It just didn't interest me, and it makes me want to go back and yeah, you know, maybe catch up on some of that stuff that I overlooked when it first came out. I bought a couple of Sigma-6 figures just because they were fascinating as action figures, but the Sigma-6 concept did nothing for me. Uh, Spy Troops and Valor vs. Venom, I, I've got most of those in a in a storage tote. Uh, I, I was deep in at that point, and then of course when they launched the 25th anniversary line in 2007, that, that was it. So... Huh. I don't know that there's really anything else to discuss uh, on the website. Are, are there any other spots you guys saw that we, we need to touch on real quick? No. Covers it pretty well. Yeah, I, th I think we've hit on the key factors. Uh, for any of the listeners, I highly recommend you go check out gijoe.hasbro.com and just play around in there. Take a look at everything that, that they've got listed. It is, uh, it's a really, really nice, you know, more than bullet points, but not comprehensive history of G.I. Joe. Not just the toy line, but the comics, uh, the, the cartoons, the movies. And, you know, bring yourself up to date on where we're at and get ready for this classified series to hit and hit hard. Because June, as Hasbro has noted across social media, uh, G.I. Joe is now on Instagram. They are now on Facebook. They are now on Twitter. And June is hashtag Yo Joe June. So this is a big launch and a big event going on right now with our favorite brand ever. 
Uh, Nolan Christian, thanks a lot for sitting down and talking about G.I. Joe. And now we are going to record the very first episode of Audible Interlude, which will be available monthly wherever you find your podcast. You guys, thanks a lot. Yo, Joe. Yo, Joe. <laughs> was, that a, was that a dog yo-jo? I'm totally oh leaving God. that in. That's great. <laughs> listening to the needless things podcast you're the best you can find the show on itunes stitcher downcast or in the ears of a trader vix employee love you mean it uh-huh